0: hello everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 706 with a review of top gun maverick i'm christopher schnazy
1: and i'm stephen miller
0: and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week in the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you this week it's finally here the sequel to uh top gun is top gun maverick we've been waiting for a long time uh waiting a little bit extra time so we can both see this film and sit down and review it. Um, how excited, how pumped are you, Steven? Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. <laughs> I, I was more pumped
1: going into the theater to see Top Gun than recording an episode about Top Gun, but I'm, I'm feeling the need for speed either way.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I don't, know. I don't know if that bodes well <laughs> for how you felt about the film.
1: I am um, not making a commentary on how I felt about the film. I am just saying that seeing... A badass action movie is even more exciting than sitting down in front of a microphone. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course,
0: Nat- naturally that, that that is absolutely true. Um, but yeah. to, like to get pumped for this film, you know, it might require you to have seen the original in some way, in some capacity. So why don't we start, Stephen? Of course, as we always would, and talk to folks about our history uh, with the Top Gun franchise, um, our thoughts about the original, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. So so Stephen. I know you've seen it because we've discussed yeah. having both watched it in semi recently. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the original Top Gun?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It had been a part of the culture growing up for me. Like I couldn't tell you how many times I had genuinely seen it, or if I had only seen it like in stray pieces on TV, or if I'd only heard people quoting it growing up. But like. I, top gun was a thing that i was aware of all the time you know people would say like goose and maverick and iceman all the time uh feeling the need for speed was a quote that would come up and i mean that top gun takes place in san diego so i feel some of the like san diego military culture and stuff it it kind of just like existed there and then i know for sure that i watched it in college when my friend said it was his favorite movie, my, my roommate at the time in freshman year in college, <laughs> um, that friend, after graduating in an unrelated major, would go on to become a uh, Navy jet pilot. So, so some people do. Some people do really get to do uh, their dream um,
0: so, so the film worked then i guess
1: <laughs> exactly yeah the recruitment video definitely worked um <laughs> and then i definitely watched it again just a few months ago in a kind of fun um what do you call it, it was like a netflix party type screening I, I was watching it with other people who were all gotcha. uh, film spotting podcast listeners and yep. that is the first time that i remember really paying attention to the movie and, like, watching it from a modern lens of, like, okay, what is this extremely (laughs) homoerotic, extremely (laughs) wet, (laughs) sweaty movie (laughs) with young Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer? You know, what am I to make of it? And I thought it was fun in a very over-the-top 80s way. Like, this movie is basically, like, action scenes and montages and random shit thrown in between the montages yeah (laughs) like like it is a movie that is all about a vibe it is all an 80s vibe and i can't say that it is a good movie but it is certainly an iconic movie you know it makes sense that tom cruise was like catapulted into stardom after this um but like watching it recently i i didn't feel like oh my god everyone needs to see this movie it is a untold classic the way that like watching indiana jones or jurassic park or back to the future or like other movies from just before or right around when i was born like yeah this is a very silly 80s relic and i'm glad that it exists but it, I, I didn't hold any special fondness for it in terms of like a thing that could be ruined by future sequels it could only be improved by a sequel is <laughs> basically where i was at
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, I I think for me, um, I had seen it um, when I was younger at like a family friend's house. Like they had it on and everybody was like losing their shit over it. You could tell like they had like watched it all the time because they had it on VHS. Mm -hmm. And like they were just like probably watching it every day the way that I watched Sandlot when I was little. And it was like I watched it and I was like, all right, cool. But it didn't it didn't stick with me. Like I don't think I ever purposely rewatched it, like actually sitting down to rewatch it. I might have caught it. When it was on TV, if it was played there. Um, but it was sort of a thing where it's like, obviously growing up in San Diego, um, there are references to it. I grew up basically, like, I went to high school up the street from the, like, the original Top Gun house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like. That's cool. Yeah, so it was like a like this historic house that lived like was there forever and I think they like just recently like in the last few years moved the house to a new location. Um but it was kind of like I I was aware of its existence. I remember seeing the film, but like when I sat down to rewatch it, all I ever remember <laughs> was, you know, a major character death and uh the conversation about how they were inverted. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like nothing really stuck with me and just over the years I've listened to the rest of the collective world Like loving it and and remembering it, but I kind of didn't really think about it other than this film that I did see when I was younger Um, I rewatched it, uh, you know a few days before going in to see Top Gun Maverick and my uh, My take on that film uh, whether it's hot or not who knows but uh I don't think it's not that great of a film. (laughs) It's it's a it's kind of a messy film. Uh, There is almost no plot. It's like a bunch of people who think they're better than each other going to a school for people who think they're better than each other and just doing a bunch of exercises that have no bearing in anything. And then right at the end of the movie, they go like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of migs. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, let's go fight them. And then the movie's over and it's like, all right. I get it's iconic, but, like, the acting seems very, very bad. Like, there's a bunch of scenes where people walk in. I
1: recall, um, a terrible sex scene, which relates to the fact that Tom Cruise is a, like, completely devoid of any eroticism um, man.
0: Yeah, I, I... I just I just so much of that film didn't felt weird and didn't like even even like the famous lines like hey you could be my wingman anytime it's like those lines are delivered with such long pauses between it like I still think you're whatever up there looks at him for a few seconds and goes but you could be my wingman anytime nah. and I just see that's
1: I, why it is, it is meant to be watched the way that I watched it and the way your friends watched it many years ago which is while talking to each other. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I, I can totally get, like, where that fun and joy could come from. When I rewatched, I was like, huh, this? <laughs> and also, I'm yeah. pretty sure every time a missile fires, it's the exact same stock shot of the same missile firing from totally. the same wing. <laughs> I think, time... like,
1: what, what Tony Scott does really well, though, is this movie, It, it like, you're right, there's basically no plot, and, like, the, yeah. so many things don't really relate to each other, but the feeling, like, in my head, I can picture sweaty tom cruise with his way too intense grin like looking at val kilmer giving him a firm handshake and saying something quippy and like the movie it feels like being a dude in college i imagine i was never cool enough to be a dude in college but it it feels (laughs) like being a college dude like it it somehow has this like fraternal bonding vibe that just like Permeates it even when the plot doesn't make any sense, and I think that is why it became so iconic. Is so many people were like, I identify myself (laughs) in this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true, true, true. So I have a
1: San Diego geography question for you. Given that, like, this is a San Diego movie, and I assume Miramar is where it is supposed to
0: be. Yeah, yeah, I believe they mentioned Miramar Airfield. Yeah. So why are they at the beach so much? (laughs) I mean, you can you can just hop over, right? Like it's not it's not really that far. I don't know which right. beach they're it, it, going it to, but it seems like
1: they're in like a like the movie we're reviewing tonight, and also Top Gun. It makes it seem like they are in a town dedicated to like the Navy, and yet they're always hanging out at like a local bars on the beach, <laughs> yeah. which if you are driving to la jolla i'm sorry you're not in like navy exclusive country anymore you're in like rich jackass country
0: yeah (laughs) um but but yeah uh yeah what what, what do you say what, what do you say we get into this steven let's do it all right uh we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for top gun maverick and we're gonna come back and give you all a review 30 plus years of service combat medals citations only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years yet you can't get a promotion you won't retire
1: despite your best efforts you refuse to die
0: You should be at least a two-star admiral by now, yet here you are, captain. What is that?
1: It's one of life's mysteries, sir.
0: The end is inevitable, Maverick. You kind of set it for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. so that was the trailer for Top Gun Maverick um, it follows uh, you know our character from the first Top Gun and it's been 30 years since uh, the events of that film and you know he's been sort of stuck as just a captain hasn't been able to progress um, in the uh, the Navy and basically uh, he has been just He's sort of now existing as a test pilot um, for a bunch of experimental planes. Uh, But there is a special mission that has come up that he might be the only person in the whole world who could possibly train pilots to carry out and execute this mission. So he is recruited or called back to Top Gun so that he can train a new set of young recruits to hopefully uh, take care of uh, this thing that needs to be done. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Top Gun Maverick? Uh,
1: I thought top gun maverick was pretty much like you would expect with the top gun sequel uh quite corny in places a little over the top and also when it gets to the action really fucking amazing um like better than any action sequences i've seen since the last time tom cruise was in theaters um (laughs) like it 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 is just unbelievably satisfying. And I think it is satisfying in a way that is not purely a nostalgia play, but also would make people looking for a nostalgia play very happy. Like, what I mean by that is I, you know... I have fondness for Top Gun in the sense that I grew up hearing about it, and so it is like a a thing that was in the air already, but it was not a thing that could be ruined for me or anything like that. You know, Top Gun is just a means to an end. It's just like a, a template for a movie. Um, to me, this movie, I found it genuinely compelling, thrilling. The last 45 minutes or so of the movie, my heart was racing pretty much the whole time. Um, it is just extremely good at pulling people in and it also has a ton of fan servicey moments that call back to characters in the original movie make good deepen emotional stakes that were not handled very well in the original movie i would say like give them more room to breathe um in in particular i don't think this is this a spoiler because i knew it already so you can just bleep are we supposed to know who miles teller is related to going into this movie
0: <laughs> i mean i think i knew it from the trailer without actually knowing it Right from
1: the mustache <laughs> you
0: know, from the mustache
1: <laughs> yeah uh so anyway i i knew about it going in so I'm, I'm just gonna say like miles teller plays rooster who is the son of goose goose yeah. of course spoilers for the original top gun is uh you know flies with maverick and he is killed when maverick is being too much of a maverick and their plane goes down during a training uh, a training mission and in the original top gun he goes through the whole grieving process and the whole grieving process is he's out he's tom cruise he's real sad he flies and kills some people of probably Russian. I don't know if they named them or not in the original Top Gun. <laughs> and then he throws dog tags out. He throws them, and that represents his letting go. Letting go of his grief and moving forward. You know, it it is a very compressed <laughs> um, journey that he goes on in the first movie, Grieving Goose. That is kind of what I'm getting at here, which is Top Gun... The first one claims to be about him coming to terms with his grief and his potential guilt in the death of his boy Goose and it does it quickly and it isn't particularly emotional because the whole movie isn't really handling plot related things all that well. The movie is just action and bros being bros. Uh, This movie says like, fuck it, we are going to go back and really dig into how he is feeling about Goose and we are going to give you a satisfying journey instead of the, you know, rather unsatisfying one the former did so like th- th- this movie also has other people pop up from prior installments it references scenes in top gun it has things that fans will be happy about that don't detract too much from the overall experience for those of us who want a legitimately good movie um the action is just so great like it it really felt like mission impossible fallout to me even though it doesn't have the same like lone man dangling off the edge of something terror that you have watching a mission impossible where, you know, like, Oh shit, Tom Cruise just jumped out of a plane. Um, but the, you feel the G's like the force of gravity in the plane. So spectacularly in this movie. Um, and I also think Tom Cruise feels like an actual human being capable of romance in this movie in a way that he hasn't in a while. Like there, there's a a female, (laughs) you know character in this movie that is like a love interest to tom cruise and i for the first time maybe ever actually believed that tom cruise could be with another human being Um,
0: i mean i mean let's be honest jennifer connelly is doing most of the lifting of oh for sure that like she is extruding it out of him
1: (laughs) oh yeah i mean she is wonderful in the movie And, and she is um they made someone as intense as him and she is intense in a different subject matter than his flying, but they, like they find a way to make it really work um, yeah. and, like basically, even the things that absolutely were not good in the first movie, they find a way to do it well in this movie. Um, it drags a little bit when it 's being super fan servicey around the middle like there are things i didn 't care about that much, but damn, when you get Tom and his new crew. Up in the sky, like I could watch that shit all day. i d- like I don't care. I, I was yeah. just so beaming watching this movie in theaters. So yeah, I think Top Gun was amazing, and it is much like Tom Cruise at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> it is breaking all sorts of records, and you know, good for it. I'm I'm happy.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, as, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I, I don't really have nostalgia for this film. Like it is a film that I saw. Is a film I was aware of. It is a film that has existed around the whole time. But going into this, I was excited for this because what it could potentially be on its own. Um, and it just happened to be tied to an, an original film called Top Gun. Um, so one of the things I love to do on the show is to weirdly compare films that don't deserve any actual comparing, um, but I need to compare them to make one specific point. And The film I am going to compare this to is uh, the 2011 film, The Muppets, um, where when I saw The Muppets, I grew up watching The Muppets, but I didn't really care about The Muppets. I didn't have nostalgia for them. And the 2011 film, The Muppets, made me care about the original. It made me feel as though I cared about the original in a way where it's like I walked in, I sat down in the theater going... Uh, I don't even think that movie was, like, the previous movie was good. I hope I enjoy this film. And as soon as that opening, the opening text comes up in the original font, the opening song starts, the original, like, everything starts start going. crying, And I just went, I went, why am I feeling something right now? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. This should not work. And it does. So much of this film is like, it, 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 it so mirrors back to the events of the original. Like, there, there are beats that are beat by beat by beat that feel like they're an homage to the original one. And the entire time, it 100% works. <laughs> I'm watching this film, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I've been here watching this film for 30 years, loving all these characters. And all of this is paying off in a way that I would have never guessed it should have felt. And so it's like... There is definitely a line that this thing could have towed where I would have been like mm, this is such a weird nostalgia play I don't like it, but it felt so lovingly there. It didn't feel like Let's just try to mirror these things. It felt like no, this is how we feel about these characters Let's do right by them and let's build something that we think would be a fitting 30 year later send off for these characters and stuff like that and for all that I I loved it um, on top of that This film, you've already referenced previous uh, Mission Impossible films, but like one of my biggest complaints about the original is there's no fucking plot. It's a bunch of people who want to be the best competing in a school to be the best for no reason, and then suddenly they all have one single battle at the end and call it a day. This film basically is a Mission Impossible film. It is, hey, we have this situation impossible to do <laughs> let's get one man who could probably do it to make it happen and uh, hope for the best and like just having that format of this isn't random dogfighting training this is specific training to do a specific task and and That task alone is hard, and that's all the conflict you need Yes, you have a lot of hotheads who think they're the greatest person in the world again because it's top gun And that's the whole point of top gun, but they're all working towards a goal So it's not just about being the best It's about doing a thing that feels impossible improving that that thing is possible to do and I, I think just watching them do this task like it, it adds weight to the training because it's not just yeah. like, oh, did you pretend shoot down somebody with your pretend laser bullets? No, it's like literally, oh, shit, you pretend just flew into the side of the mountain or oh, shit, this just happened. like, you know, what I mean, there's, there's a bunch of scenarios where it's like you are holding your breath watching this thing happen. And it's like yeah. literal <laughs> twists and turns of the planes. And you're just like, holy shit, that was intense and fucking awesome. And like in the first film, you know, when people do things that are. Like in the first film, people do stuff and visually you don't you don't look at it and go, that's impossible. But then the following scene, once they're back on the ground, a character goes, "Um, I did this thing and somebody goes, that would be impossible in that type of jet. And he's like, well, I did it. I even have a Polaroid. And it's like. It's like nothing you showed me feels impossible for that jet to physically do. But when you are watching these people in actual jets with real G-forces being applied to them, with geography that makes sense for the things they're doing, you feel it as a real thing existing. And it's not just people like going, ah, where is it? I don't know. It's like you feel like you know what's going on. Um, Yeah. So I, I just think that like on every single conceivable level this film is like great it is great like this is a film that i think is great enough that like hey don't get me wrong i want nothing more than to watch uh mission impossible dead reckoning parts one and part two but if this was a retirement film for for tom cruise i feel like this would be a perfect film to go out on just because of Everything it is, everything it means, how incredible it actually is. And I think that yeah, I, I just walked out of the film going like, holy shit, I just loved a Top Gun film.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and it, it I, I mean, I, I had the same thought, too, because this very much feels like a swan song for Tom Cruise. And maybe for the theatrical experience, too, like both together. Like there's a conversation <laughs> that Ed Harris, who, by the way, Ed Harris... I am shocked that he was not in the original Top Gun. Like it, it, it actually makes no sense to me that he wasn't. Like he was in the right <laughs> stuff. Like he was in other stuff, and he clearly yeah. belongs in Top Gun. Uh, him and Jennifer Connolly are both people who I like swore leaving the theater were in the original, and then I had to Google and find out that they weren't. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, Ed Harris has a conversation early on where he basically tells Tom Cruise, like, look, Le- or Maverick, uh, you know you're a dying breed you're on your way out we have you know we have drones we have unmanned aircrafts the need for people like you is going away and tom cruise basically says to him about himself as an action star and about the theatrical experience like yeah you're probably right but like today you still need me so watch me go and that is what this whole movie felt like it's just like i'm still here watch me go and and there was something very moving about that even though i don't I don't feel emotional connection to Cruz as a person. Like, I don't feel like, oh, he means so much to me. But seeing his kind of farewell tour, which is what the movie felt like, even though all facts tell us that that is not what the movie is. Um, yeah. It was emotional. Like, it, it, it felt very emotional. And he looks... So, okay. He clearly has had a lot of work done. Like, he... Frankly, I was just looking at the Top Gun Maverick poster. He looks like a video game character. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, He's a little Steven, too smooth. how do you know that
0: all video game characters aren't just modeled after him?
1: <laughs> That's true. they could be, but you know you can see like the smooth polygons like there should there should be more <laughs> um, more dense in there um but even with all the work done, he kind of looked a little bit older here than he has. In Mission Impossible movies, like, there's something about him seeing him next to all the youngins, you know, seeing him yeah. with Miles Teller and uh, the hangman character, the actor who I forget, and Bill Pullman's son and, like, all the people who are in this movie, um, guy from Insecure. They, seeing him next to them, he feels like an old man. Like, this is the first, like like, Wild Dogs type movie that he <laughs> is doing where he's just like... <laughs> I am the old guy. I'm like a little bit puffier. I'm a little bit like, you know, I'm not these young guys, but let me show these hot shots that I'm still on top. I, and I, I, w- I found that viscerally very like it felt good to watch him like fly between <laughs> them and prove how cool he was.
0: I, I will say, though, that like when he has the aviators on because they cover his entire like, you know, orbital socket or whatever. So you mm-hmm. like that's where you see a lot of the age in people is like, you know, like in the eyes. Right. So when he's yeah. got the aviators on and he's all sweated up and shirtless, it's like he he blends in pretty well, I would say. Right. It's when he takes them off. You're like, yeah, oh, it's when, he, <laughs> when, he, when he when he puts that smile away and the glasses come off and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is 30 years yeah. later. Yep. <laughs>
1: absolutely that that was my feeling it is it is funny too so so, okay we should touch on this as military propaganda which obviously it is just like the original top gun and also every michael bay movie um (laughs) take it for granted it is what it is you're going into a top gun movie it's going to be about joining the top gun they have lines here where they acknowledge the fact that only one person in the 21st century had a confirmed air-to-air kill, <laughs> yeah. and that is Hangman.
0: Well, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so in the in the trailer there was just the audio that we listened to, where uh, where Ed Harris is giving him the dressing dressing down. Yeah, he's dressing dressing up down. Yeah, they're giving him the dressing down. Um, but uh, he he says, "You're the only one in the last 30 years with three confirmed kills." So I'm like. Didn't he get three kills in the first movie? Like he did. <laughs> like thirty years, nobody shot down a fucking plane. And, and and I know that like we already joked about about in that same scene, he's talking about like we got drones now, we don't need pilots. I laughed when I rewatched the original Top Gun because they were also talking about how pretty su- like dogfighting is a thing of the past. Like nobody does dogfighting anymore. You just fly the jet and drop bombs, and then you're gone. Um, so it is funny that in both films um with this like 30 year time gap between them it are both about how (laughs) fighter jets are sort of obsolete in a way just for different reasons um but yeah sorry go (laughs) on
1: yeah well i mean and, and that anyway that is true to life too like other than one thing in 2017 that i that i looked up where there was a altercation involving a bomb with a Syrian uh, plane, uh, the last time there was actually a dogfight that the U.S. was involved in was 1991. So yeah. it has literally been 30 years. So Ed Harris's thing about like them being irrelevant is 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, as a country, th- this does not exist anymore. And this ode, this like military... Hurrah is for a thing that is like genuinely in our imagination. <laughs> I yeah, think I am. Not not a thing in reality. And I kind of like that the movie just like says that up front at the beginning. Like they could have done it. They could have done a thing where he has been an operative all this time and he has been like flying <laughs> one <mission>. last job. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> one last job for him to get out of the business. But they don't. No, he like immediately after Top Gun becomes a guy that like tests flight equipment because that is all that's happened you know in, in yeah. the last 30 years and i i don't know i, I just kind of like for a clear propaganda piece that it like was upfront about the fact that like yeah this is kind of a fantasy you know we are imagining a situation where all these badass fighter pilots are going to have to do something when in reality they are not yeah <laughs> and right. i i found that kind of funny
0: so, so there is the one the one difference though i think like um uh... Uh, propaganda wise, is the first film. It just assumes that essentially flying a jet is equivalent to playing a video game, right? Right. Like, like if you're somebody who's really good at Ace Combat, you could be in Top Gun, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't explain the physical force. <laughs> Just okay. to live through the maneuvers, and I yeah. think and they this... can't show
1: it at all. Like I, I, I know they kind of tell you about people almost blacking out in the first movie, if I yeah. remember right, but they don't make you feel it in any way.
0: Yeah, I think it's just just during the flat spin where he's like, uh. yeah. <laughs> but besides that, like, you seems know, like... honestly, I
1: think I'm thinking about First Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think First Man's flat spin has kind of merged with Top Gun in my head.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, I, I just think in general, I, I think that like the first one, like when when people talk about it being propaganda, I'm like, it doesn't show you anything. It just seems like you fly in the middle of the desert, try not to go below the hard deck and then graduate. And you're like, yeah, I'm better than you at shooting people to pretend bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just like it, it doesn't. It didn't mean anything. This this is where it's like, oh, I I get it. There is something about being a pilot. Not that it made me want to ever think about being a pilot, because fuck that. Um, but yeah. but it 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 like it feels like a greater achievement in this film than it did in the original film, and I think that like it also makes it seem much scarier scarier and more, more worrisome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it definitely does. It like it makes it more terrifying. And it made me even though I assume despite the fact that they were in fact flying at high speeds, I assume they were not actually close to obstacles, you know. I I I assume that the filmmaking is pulling tricks to make you feel like they are at risk when they're not. But because you genuinely feel the G-forces on them when they're flying, I felt the same fear. I felt like watching crews on the Burj Khalifa climbing, where I'm like, are they going to make it? (laughs) Like, are these actors going to die? It, It really is pretty incredible what they managed to pull off in this movie in terms of having a very insular thing, which is piloting a jet, like you are looking inside a cockpit and making that feel actually thrilling is kind of shocking. You wouldn't really think it was possible until they did it.
0: Yeah. And it's like even some of those scenes when they are practicing for this event, um, this event evolves a lot of crazy maneuvers through very, very tight corridors. But when they're practicing it, they're doing it like just with GPS and yeah. over a flat desert. Even those scenes are still... Like heart pounding, hold your breath. Like, oh shit, are they gonna make it? When there's nothing they can slam into, right? <laughs> like it just. And, and, you and know we'll, what it we'll means. get to it.
1: We'll get to it in spoilers. But there is like maybe the biggest fist pumping hoorah in this movie is a training sequence. Not yeah, even, yeah. not even a real risk being involved, and, and that is how well the movie has set up the stakes for you yeah. to. It has calibrated you to feel the exact level of risk that it wants you to feel. And it works so goddamn well. It, it, it is really incredible. Yeah. Um, so now, if I, if I can just be an asshole, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to point out some things that didn't totally work for me. Yeah. Um, and and they'll, you know, they tie to things that did work. The, things that did work, Miles Teller is good in this movie. I, I think he's quite good. I, I think he has a lot of heavy lifting he has to do to separate himself from the rest of the Top Gun crew and then bring the kind of pathos that the movie is asking him to, which we'll get into more in spoilers. Yeah. Um, In the most overt throwback in the whole movie, um, Miles (laughs) Teller (laughs) at the hard deck, which I believe is also the name of the bar, um, plays a song on the piano and not just any song. He plays Goodness, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. He, he literally plays the exact same song that they play in the first movie, which no one younger than
0: 60 has ever played so, so in their can, entire life. Can I, can I defend that? Sure. Can I, can, I, can I attempt to defend it for you? So I thought the same thing. And halfway through the song, I was like, no, this makes 100% sense, right? <laughs> because he was a boy when his father died right like he was he was alive it wasn't like he was born after like he was a kid when his father was still alive his kid his dad probably played this around the house (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's a thing that he like if if you're the type of kid who grows your dad's mustache in Mm -hmm. honor of him would you not learn great balls of fire on the piano and sing it every chance you could
1: I get yeah, I guess so I guess you were right I forgot that in the universe of the film he was a kid yeah. when Goose died because in reality Miles Teller was not born when Top Gun was made
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in reality but but like they have a photo of like the yeah. three of them like obviously that kid is not young Miles Teller It was Teller. weird
1: that the little kid had a mustache in the like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I guess, I guess I'll give it to you I just that degree of literalness didn't work on me, and that scene seemed to go on for a long time. And the scene was trying to communicate a thing that we already knew already by virtue of him walking in the room, which is what uh, Maverick is feeling about yeah. being face-to-face with the son. And that I just thought that was very, very silly. Um, yeah, yeah. I also think an- another clear throwback is they have a beach football scene uh, which is clearly kind of a nod to the beach volleyball scene. Yeah, not as sexy. Not I, as sexy. I just, I wasn't as turned on by it.
0: <laughs> I I also don't know why they couldn't have just used the same sport. Like, yeah. w- what's the point of trying to mix it up? <laughs> because nobody plays volleyball anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is just strictly not true.
0: <laughs> I know. It just it just seems weird why they had to change it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. All I can say is they were playing volleyball next to the hard deck, but. Kind of flaccid to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs> anyway, was that was that the end of your of your of your nitpicks?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I also this is not really a nitpick, uh, but there there is one um, very like sequel moment that happens when a character returns who I believe hasn't been explicitly advertised as being in this movie. So I guess I won't.
0: They are explicitly them. in the opening credits. <laughs>
1: they are certainly in the opening credits. <laughs> it, it says,
0: with this person. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Okay, so, so anyway, they make it clear. Um, I, I like what it's going for, and I'm sure people who were around in the 80s who have more strong feelings really enjoy this throwback. I didn't feel like that scene did enough to build their relationship. It felt too short. They have a conversation that is like five texts back and forth, and then it is over. And I felt like the movie could have let that breathe more and really done more to the relationship. I understand... There are extenuating circumstances about the actor involved that maybe required them to keep it very, very minimal. Uh, but I don't. know. There was something about that that felt miscalibrated. Like if the whole movie had been that, this would have been the kind of grown worthy Lego sequel that I was afraid it was going to be. And I just think it kind of it it didn't calibrate that note quite right. I I
0: I think that <sighs> I I loved that scene, but I loved it in a way that generations from now when people watch this in a vacuum um it will not hit with the same like the the fact of who is in that scene and like we've already talked about how like this like if this were a send-off to uh tom cruise it would be a perfect send-off i feel Mm -hmm. like given the nature of this actor and their current life situation um it has this weight that it might not otherwise deserve to have mm-hmm. and i feel like it it just hits like a ton of bricks like it just it is like very very strong and powerful and it means a lot um and i don't know how it'll translate to like like i said people in a vacuum but i think that like it was 100 percent merited in in the choice to do it and i love that they did it and yeah. it might have bothered me anywhere else but for some reason here it just i was like dang that was that was cool
1: yeah well and to be clear i want them to do it i just think they they gave it like three and a half minutes when they should have given it eight or nine to make yeah. it something more real and of all the places to trim that just felt it felt dis unserved by being so brief It it made it feel like only the perfunctory stuff and not like the meat that I feel like it could have given us. That yeah. that was my only feeling. But again, I also don't have the same I don't have the same relationship where merely the sight of this actor conjures up like a big history. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mine is more intellectually understanding what it's going for, but not feeling it quite the same way. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um I have two nitpicks. Um mm-hmm. you know they're they're very, very light. Um one is I I I have seen like I don't I don't know anything about war <laughs> other than movies I've watched uh in war or about war right and uh even going back to poly shores in the army now uh I understand the concept of one person paints a target with a laser another person mm-hmm. releases a rocket or a missile or something that travels towards the target of that laser and then hits it um I don't 100% understand why two f- planes have to fly in croc, cross, plox, cross, close proximity, and one has to paint the target. Like if you're both there, yeah. can't you just guide the the missile yourself? That's not a nitpick about this film. That's just like uh, I don't understand. I don't understand the mechanics of it. And in mm-hmm. one sense, it's cool that they don't explain anything to me because I, I don't know because I'm a civilian. Um, but it didn't. Did, I, I kept wondering, like, why do they need to do this? That's weird. Yeah. Why haven't we gotten past this technology? <laughs> <laughs> um right. that's the one thing second thing and uh i'll try to be as vague as possible but one of the things they're training to do is to approach something from a low altitude then go high suddenly then go low suddenly and then go high suddenly right mm-hmm. um so you're doing this like like an n right <laughs> yeah maneuver uh Everything about this film talks about how deadly that pull-up is at the end, right? Now, they are all flying faster than, like, gravitational pulls, right? Like, they're flying mm-hmm. at a speed where gravity technically doesn't make sense anymore, right?
1: I I don't have a good answer to that okay. question, because well, acceleration well, is what matters on your force, not velocity. Yeah, right? So, so it depends on how quickly they're accelerating.
0: Yeah, okay. So I guess, okay, maybe that partially... Here, here's my thing. If you draw an N, the two points that connect those three lines, those two points are mirrors of each other, right? If you have to go mm-hmm. up and then down, shouldn't that be the same gravitational change as going down and then up? Like, if if you're going the same speed at both times, like, shouldn't that first inversion and then pull down be just as hard as being r- upright and then pulling up suddenly?
1: I don't think so. But it depends on how they're accelerating. Like, because under acceleration, it is as if you weighed more. Like, if you are accelerating away from the Earth, you are feeling that. But But that the peak is a weightless peak. You know. But it depends on if they're accelerating downward. Like, like I don't, I don't know what the plane is doing. But it's not like you move out of the realm of exact positioning and move toward how the velocity changes, which is where this comes from.
0: Maybe we can get to it more in spoilers. But it's like that that top peak is not a jump where you just lose all your momentum and start falling. It is a turn followed by what is essentially pulling up again, (laughs) but -hmm. in the opposite direction that you were flying. Like, so they have to pull up, go real, real, real fast then f- invert pull up again to completely yeah. change their direction and then do what it feels like the exact same maneuver the other direction so i i don't something about that makes me feel like both things should be just as hard as each other mm. but but yeah, yeah i'm
1: i'm not sure i would also probably need to see a graph again to see how cuz you know the the angle of approach matters here and so the the target and then the obstacle that they have to go over, depending on how close the target is to it, that might mean it is a way tighter turn in that direction than it was before, even though the height is the same, because it's not allowed to pull up until later. Yeah. Right. Which would mean the acceleration needed might be way more, which means they feel like they weigh way more.
0: Yeah. Moral of the story, if any aeronautics engineers are listening to us right now and have seen Top Gun Maverick, Please explain the physics involved in the maneuver they're attempting to pull off. (laughs) And everyone, this is the
1: spoiler-free section, so watch out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, was there anything else spoiler-free to talk about?
1: I like John Hamm (laughs) in the movie. (laughs)
0: Even though I know the ages wouldn't make as much sense, I still feel like he should have always been a Top Gun. Oh, exactly. Well. Yeah.
1: I almost listed him in the people who feel like they were definitely in Top Gun, even though I know he was like a, like, Ellie Kemper's drama teacher like 15 years ago, so he couldn't possibly have been in Top Gun 35
0: years ago. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one thing we didn't talk about, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more more, more in spoilers, is just the opening to this film is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It sets it sets all the tone you need for understanding the character um, and and like who this person is. like it, it just feels like such a great reintroduction to this character and brings you back into just know exactly the feel because this is an incredibly funny film yeah the drama in it is also pretty heightened and there are a lot of stakes and there's a lot of feelings um, and there's a lot of nostalgia but it's also just a hilarious film um, with like a bunch of key moments in it and I, and I think that's like having that sort of like by the time the opening of this film ends you are just like Fuck yeah. I'm ready to settle in and watch an amazing film.
1: <laughs> yep. I agree. I, I think they said it beautifully. I won't say this is an incredibly funny film. I think this film is as funny as it needs to be to be a good top gun movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have many LOLs, it, but I like I smiled.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mean funny in like the laugh out loud constantly. I just I just mean there's a lot of like beats where it just cuts the tension with a knife and that knife is mm-hmm. comedy. And I really yeah. I really just love that, and it's like the way yep. that like there there is a particular actor uh, role in that opening section that just adds this like audience surrogate sort of feeling to this moment of mm-hmm. what this looks like when this person enters this room, and it just yep. it it hits like <laughs> it it's so hard that I still yeah. I'd still just like oh it's brilliant I loved it so much yeah. big fan. <laughs> uh cool should we steven get the verdicts then before going into spoilers yes all right so here we go if you're going to say must see record the caveat wait for until past the caveat or must avoid what would you give it
1: Uh, i'm gonna give it a must see i think this movie is a lego sequel that works if you want a lego sequel and it also works wonderfully if you do not care at all about the original property i think it is just a viscerally entertaining time at the movies and even though i think the plot again is a little bit silly at least when it has to find a way to make our hero get to do cool hero things like you have to follow the logic where it wants to take you not where your brain might want to take you um But it is so much fun when you give yourself up to it. The action pieces are incredible, and it's the most theatrical experience I've had since COVID began. And I feel like that is really cool. And if the box office means anything, a lot of people feel the same way. Um, And you should be one of them. I I think you should go watch this movie. And maybe don't join the military afterwards. But, you know, try (laughs) to do both at the same time. We can we can walk and shoot him.
0: <laughs> like it's just walking out of the theater, you're like, Oh I tripped, I'm in the military now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a must see for me. Um, I, I was I was I came out of this film like feeling so high. Uh, maybe because all the blood had left my head and just went into my outer extremities <laughs> during the yep. film. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I had an incredible time with it. It made me feel fondly for the first film, even though I literally walked in the theater having just watched it and been like, that movie was not good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So being able to come in here and make me like, feel like everything matters because of a film that i didn't care about and then make it makes me retroactively kind of care about that film a little bit more um and like the legacy that's that's coming from that one um yeah i I was just i was stoked on it i think you'd be hard pressed to walk out of this film and not also have really really enjoyed it um i definitely want to talk to the people who walk out of this film going like well that was a snooze um (laughs) because i don't know how that would happen um yeah but yeah, I, I, I loved it, and uh, yeah, I guess we have to wait till uh, Dead Reckoning Parts 1 and 2 come out before we can have this, anything remotely close to this experience again. <laughs> now,
1: before we get into spoilers, I have to ask you, having loved this movie, how would you feel if they announced another Top Gun movie?
0: <laughs> Are you reading, like, live tweets
1: right now? <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm just asking, because it seems like it did so well, that is, like, a likely thing that they will oh, try to gotcha. do.
0: Um. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what was involved and what they put the people through like obviously it's setting it up for the potential for there to be more whether or not right. Tom Cruise is a part of that. Um, I The the problem is everything that I love about this film requires it to be the conclusion of a story yep. that was pre started if they pass the torch and it becomes a true like a sequel i don't know like obviously the combat's gonna be dope right like it's gonna be something that's gonna be cool and that part will still be as exciting but i don't know if like half of the stakes are all about who tom cruise's character is and what he means to this thing what like we'll, we'll get into it more oh uh, in spoilers but i i just feel like i i wouldn't i wouldn't immediately be as excited the way I am excited anytime. Like when we walk out of a Mission Impossible film, I go, when can they announce the next Mission Impossible film? <laughs> because I just yeah. want more of it. This is like, yeah. I got the perfect amount, right? It's like, yeah, it's like when you accidentally got like the little bit smaller sandwich from the store and you're disappointed, but then you eat it and you're like, oh, that was actually the perfect amount. I didn't need that extra four inches of sandwich. Um, <laughs> it is. <Yeah>. That's, <laughs> that's what talk of Maverick is.
1: I've, I've heard that a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I think um, I don't know what the difference is between this and Mission Impossible, where Mission Impossible is designed to be serial. There's nothing to be sacred. There's nothing to that is ruined by them making another and another and another. I want more injected into my veins. Yeah. This movie, the action is very cool. But it works because the action is the culmination of this whole send-off, this whole ridiculous, like, look at what this person has accomplished, let's give him one last ride. And there is something in me that just deeply does not want them to try it again. Like, I I don't know why. I, I just feel like it is satisfying, Yeah. and it would be less satisfying if they went back to this well. So I hope, against all odds, they decide enough is enough, we're done. And, you know... The the younger stars, they have more they can do. You know, Miles Teller isn't hurting. He'll do another thank you for your service or some other vaguely right-wing movie. You know, he'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, it's almost time for spoilers. But who who knows, Stephen? There could be people who haven't seen this film yet who still want to do that. So we are going to say goodbye to all of you. You should go see the film and then come back and then we'll do some spoilers. But for now, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: people can find me at com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the show you can do so on overcast stitcher apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found if you want to own the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning facebook.com slash the warning or instagram.com slash the warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the spoiler warning.com or you can use the contact form on our site Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that music is playing now. That music is going to fly up above the hard deck. And then uh, about 10 seconds or so later, it's just going to slam that stick forward, dive right down yeah, below gotta the hard deck. you got to invert
1: the music. <laughs> invert the music. Play it in reverse. <laughs>
0: And then, uh, and then, yeah, we're going to be uh, in the danger zone. So spoilers are just going to be coming at you left and right. So uh, <laughs> get ready for that. We'll be back in a second. All right. We are back. This is Spoiler Territory after part of our review of top gun maverick we we're talking full-blown spoilers so unless you want a little mountaintop missile just come flying at you out of nowhere and just blow you out of the sky you're gonna have to uh avoid me saying that sentence um yeah but uh yeah should we start from that glorious opening stephen totally <laughs> all right um yeah do, do, do you want do you want to walk us through it i can also i can also i, do I
1: think you I think you can give the play-by-play a little bit better.
0: Um, so yeah, so this, uh, I know when we say the opening, we're, we're ignoring, uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise working on his plane, dusting sure. off his jacket, pulling out that motorcycle and going for a ride. Yeah. Basically, yeah, we are, that
1: isn't an opening. That is, that is, uh, that's
0: the the title credits. Table setting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, the way that we find out Val Kilmer's in this film. Um, right. <laughs> um but yeah, so basically we learn that Tom Cruise, uh, over the last, sometime within the last 30 years, has stopped uh, doing normal Navy stuff, and he basically is just a test pilot, um, kind of like in First Man, as you kind of referenced earlier uh, in this episode. Basically, he is working on an experimental jet Um, which is about to be defunded by uh, whatever part of the government funds special experimental jets. Um, They are attempting on this day to reach Mach 9. That is what is on the board. Um, Big old thing. Everything's been leading up to this day where they're going to achieve Mach 9 in this jet. Uh, Everything's going to be fine, except for all Tom Cruise's buddies show up and they go, look, uh, general, admiral, whatever rank he is, uh, is basically shutting us down. Um, it's over. Sorry, it's been fun. Tom Cruise goes, nah, <laughs> nah, voice. <boys. laughs> it hasn't been fun. Mach 9 would be fun. And he basically st- I, uh, steals, is not maybe the right road, but basically he takes the jet up and he's like, we're going to hit Mach 9. Hits Mach 9, of course, goes, fuck it, this is my last flight anyways. So why don't we just push this a little bit? achieves a Mach 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> ship explodes he gets dumped in the middle of somewhere and uh you know obviously he survives which might be foreshadowing for uh, any other time he might be in a plane that could suddenly explode um, but basically walks along this road until he finds a diner enters a diner <laughs> silently asks a woman for the glass of water, drinks it, then asks where they are, and a little child looks at him in his weird experimental space flight suit and goes, Earth. <laughs> and it's fucking... It's so good. It's incredible. Like, first of all, that scene is just awesome. Like, you yeah. understand... Like, it's one thing to buzz a tower after you've asked to buzz a tower and they say no that shows your sort of personality. Like, being... I'm just gonna fly in this plane and just push it... Just, just push it a little bit more... Um, Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't understand the mechanics of how this stick, which I thought was for steering, is actually for throttle. Um,
1: or, or why, like, only he can do it and it's hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or or uh, why, if you're trying to achieve the fastest speed possible, you would turn and not just go straight. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something I don't know. Once again, if you're an aeronautics engineer, please write in and let us know. Maybe something about turning. It's like a boat when you kind of like, when you're sailing and you... <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe maybe it's like a cheat code where, where they when they talk about the speed, they're yeah. like they count wrong when you're turning at the same time.
0: Or he was going straight, and the Earth isn't actually round, and he just uh, mm. <laughs> was being arced around the flat Earth.
1: I think that's it. Yeah, I so <laughs> you did get some numbers wrong, which I have to point out, which okay. just makes it more ridiculous. Which is that the original project they had to try to hit Mach nine, and they were preparing for it. Yeah. And Harris has changed the rules into them having to hit Mach 10.
0: Oh, okay, I got he,
1: you. He goes to Mach 10. Mach 9 has never been hit already. He goes Mach 9, pushes it on to Mach 10, and then for reasons known only to Tom Cruise, <laughs> he decides to go to 10.3 before it lights <laughs> well, on fire. So, so He was never going to stop. He was going to go till it lit on fire no matter what.
0: So I, I think... I think we're both correct because i think the original goal was mach 10 but the milestone for this date was mach 9 mm-hmm. so i i, I yeah. think the project was achieve mach 10 and they were currently at this month's kpi is <laughs> yep. to hit
1: mach 9 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. I, I just have to stress, he pushed it past Mach 10. Yeah, yeah. He oh. went so far over the world record
0: but just like because I, he could. Like I said, like, if you can get there, get there, because you know you're not going to fly this plane again, one way or mm-hmm. another.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So may, maybe from here, the best place to go to is the... To, to me, it would be following the arc of the character of Rooster. Um Which is basically, so, you know, Tom Cruise, he has been enlisted, he is teaching these kids, unlike the original Top Gun, where they were training in Top Gun, and then a random event happened at the end of the movie that forced them to go and actually do a mission. This is them training for a mission from the very beginning. And it is a mission that... Maverick himself thinks very few people could survive it. Like, there is a very good chance that you are going to die if you do this mission. And the whole movie is kind of haunted by this feeling that, like, everything he is doing, all the camaraderie he's instilling in them, everything he is preparing them for, is to very possibly die. And maybe, hopefully, if he can train them right, they have a fighting chance of surviving. And in all of this, we have Miles Teller, uh, Rooster, Young Goose who tom cruise feels he must protect and yet it is his job to pick him to go die or refuse to pick him and then further harm harm the relationship he has with him. i thought that was a wonderful premise like i thought that complicated relationship he has where he is kind of being paternalistic trying to protect him But he also knows that if anyone had done that to him he wouldn't have listened and he tries to like treat him the way he would want to be treated i i I just thought i've never felt that tom cruise was more of an older man than in the moments when he is interacting with miles teller and i bought every single one of them i like i thought that relationship was so well done and it was so well done to a point that like we've talked about how a lot of the action in this movie is them training. It's in simulation. They're like dodging imaginary things based on a GPS and they calibrate it in such a way that by the time Tom Cruise pulls off what he pulled off at the beginning of this movie and he decides like, no, they're not going to shut me down. They're not going to kick me out. I am going to steal a plane and fly this mission I've been telling them three minutes, fuck it, I'm going to do it in two minutes and 15 seconds just yeah. because I can. Um, by the time he does that, you are feeling that kind of visceral like thrill of watching someone defy death. You know, It feels very dangerous what he is doing. Yeah. And all of this is in the context of can Goose Hangman, can all of these other people do it? When the movie goes from that to oh my god we are boarding a plane we are about to fly this mission in actual enemy territory it I, i felt like i was in line to jump off a cliff or something like i i felt like i was watching this insane horrifying thing about to happen that you couldn't rewind and the I, I know I'm kind of going all over the place talking about the whole movie, but the arc of Miles Teller's rooster going from being this kid with all this bravado who's like, let me prove myself, let me prove myself, to the like fear that the audience and his character feel when they're on that boat headed toward a real mission, which is what he wanted, where they will probably die. Yeah. I thought that was so effective. I, I thought that was like unbelievably effective
0: yeah. as a character arc. Yeah. And, and I think part of it, like, like you've, you've you've sort of, covered like the 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 basic mechanics of it but like the deeper mechanics is that it's not just that he's currently actively being a paternalistic character it is that in the past he has sidelined him to prevent him from doing other Mm -hmm. things as a way of protecting him and that has already cost him that potential relationship there so it's not only did he not only was he directly responsible but not legally responsible for his his For Killing his dad basically, but also he sidelined his career Which is the thing besides the mustache and great balls of fire that he was doing to sort of like immortalize his father and follow in his father's footsteps So it's like not only did he fuck him over then in his career in a way that he almost didn't never recovered from it But now he is in the, the control of deciding whether he gets to go on on a mission so for him All that weight is there. Tom Cruise, all that weight is there because he knows he already fucked him over. He is keeping a secret that like his mom, he did it for his mom. Like He's keeping that extra little nugget on there of like, I only sidelined him because basically his mom, before she died, basically made me promise to sideline him so he wouldn't be able to die the same way that his father did. And then now he has to just like, so part of the thing is Miles Teller cool dude he actually isn't ready psychologically he is not like he might have the skills he has the know-how but he is not actually psychologically ready part of that might just be him part of it might just be the weight of everything combined and it's like he is stuck in that situation of not knowing whether he can do it but having to do it just because he thinks he might not be able to do it and because his father would have done it and he wants to live up to what his father thinks (laughs) <laughs> Tom Cruise is also like shit. Do I bring him with me? Is he my wingman? What is? What am I gonna do here? Uh, which is the one thing that really confused me. Not to throw in a nit nitpick while I'm in the middle of like ringing praise. I was very confused because it seems like the way everybody was paired off, there was like I, I think I think what I'm confused at is they were he was calling two teams. In my head, right. it was the two sets of two jets that are going on the mission, but I think it was the two teams—one back on the aircraft carrier and one that was actually flying the mission.
1: So, like, well, I—I I think, and and this is going to betray that I don't know anything about jets. I think the two groups he called were a different aircraft type that are two people in the same aircraft. Like, like I think the um, Bill Pullman's kid, the nerdy one with glasses, who's in Bad Times the El Royale, yeah. I don't think he pilots i think he, he just aims the does laser instruments yeah yeah i think he is doing he is flying in the back while the uh, the woman pilot who i forget what her call sign is in this movie while no. she pilots and yeah. i think he is calling two groups of two that are piloting the joint aircrafts which honestly i thought wingman was was that, was like that pairing? Like, isn't that what Goose was to Maverick? Like they were both flying in the same plane. Yeah, yeah. And they both ejected at the same time. But, but then Maverick and Rooster are flying single person jets. Yeah, yeah. And so for him, a wingman is the person who is going to follow in his but, footsteps but, but that's, in a separate plane. But
0: that's what was was confusing me is because the, the weight with which he says, it, it's almost as if he's like... And you, rooster, you're with me, right? But you're with yeah. me a quarter mile behind me with another separate plane while I right. fly with this person up here. Like, like there, there was something I, I didn't quite understand. Like, obviously, I understand it because of what we'll get in this sort of like secondary third act that <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Um. So that all makes sense. But, but the way he says it, it almost sounds like you and I are flying together in formation and we got each other's back. Um,
1: Yeah, and I think what I don't understand is the... Because they're all practicing in the same kind of planes, but I think they're two different kinds of planes that they're (laughs) flying because it's like the two and the one. And I don't understand why the job of the two-person planes is inherently easier than the job of the Tom Cruise or Miles Teller who are leading... So, the so, charge, yeah. Bears. So I, I like, think, why I, is their piloting harder? Because the movie clearly wants you to think it's harder what they're doing.
0: So, so the the the, the front of the two and the the single. So, the single person mm-hmm. just has to fly and pull a trigger once they they're told that it's all lined up. In the second plane, one person is just flying and one person is just aiming. So, the flying mm-hmm. is the hard part. That it's the part that's like the maneuvering of the vehicle is the part that like requires a hundred percent. Attention! The person in the back also has a job that requires 100% attention, which is just line that fucking laser up on the thing and hold mm-hmm. it there. Uh, and then you go and now, <laughs> and, and and then yeah. Miles Teller just pulls the trigger because he doesn't have to do anything besides l- let loose that that thing. Right? Oh, and that okay, that's probably why it is why they're flying behind each other because the person behind can't pull up until the missile hits. So. Because Miles Teller can let it loose and then immediately start pulling up and the person behind him is still guiding it with the laser until it makes contact. Mm. So that's why they need that extra distance um, Mm. because they can't pull it up because the laser will veer up suddenly and then the, the missile will change course. That's my assumption.
1: Right. Well, I, I was also wondering if there's something about maneuvering where flying in the wake of someone else is easier, like you're drafting behind them uh-uh. or something. We learned
0: in the first film that flying in the wake of somebody else could oh, cause yeah, you exactly. to go into a flat spin.
1: That's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Isn't it weird that even in 2022, by the way, like birds can <laughs> almost kill <laughs> these planes?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, that'll tell you something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You would think there would be some sort of automated system that just like, thi- yeah,
1: just kills the birds. <laughs> it seems like a very bad vulnerability for <laughs> a multi-million-dollar aircraft. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's just uh, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess. So. Any, anyway, the, the, I didn't really understand the mechanics because it is clear that Maverick and Rooster are the biggest heroes in the mission. Yeah. But it isn't obvious to me that their job is harder than the jobs of the other two groups, which seem more like foregone conclusions. You know, like, yeah. why why was Hangman not considered to fly one of those planes? You know, yeah. there must have been a reason for it. Like, there are different categories of pilot, but I didn't understand it. I I, I, I
0: kind of was thinking that even though it kind of doesn't make sense with the way they describe how impossible this task is um but it seemed like they were they were backup mm. um in case something goes wrong um or or in case uh, rooster fails to engage yeah It's
1: <laughs> oh. another thing if i can criticize this movie slightly is hangman his degree of being a douchebag is like Unrealistic to me in this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think the goal was to make like the entire film is making you think of Iceman as a very nice, like, like uh honorable man who is like yeah. the best person that everybody loves. So you have to make this guy the biggest fucking asshole yes, in the such world, such a douchebag. <laughs> so, so that way, when you think back on Iceman, you're like, no, Iceman was just like trying to do things cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He was trying to do things by the books. Like that is the the lesson of the original Top Gun in this movie is kind of confusing because it's like fuck logic. Yeah. <laughs> just just do whatever you want. Go with your gut. Yeah, go with your gut, man. You said if I think I'd die. I I was about to say that that is such a great example of the comedy of this movie really working because yeah. it is like a, a pivotal scene where Tom Cruise is Left For Dead, which by the way. If he had been killed by that helicopter, that would also be a kind of great ending <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. I'm glad it ended where it did, but if you really wanted it to be the definitive, like Maverick is done, he sacrificed his life for Goose's son. There is a wonderful symmetry to what happened before, and his legacy will live on forever now. And his relationship with Goose is basically healed because he has killed himself to protect it. Like that would have been narratively satisfying yeah, yeah. on its own. But then you get Goose coming back, saving his ass, and then in that moment when they're together, it isn't a, like, grand reunion, a triumphant, like, oh, everything is wonderful. It is Tom Cruise basically, like, ramming into him and saying, why did you do that? And that line of, like, you told me if I think i die love it love it It, it's like even my nitpick of like the movie being about something kind of dumb like the movie knows it's about something dumb like they're calling it out
0: well it's so funny because in that moment they both get exactly what they need from the other person like tom cruise basically gets you know he gets the son and (laughs) he gets Mm a dad but it's also like a little bit like i didn't think of this in the moment but it is funny it's a little bit like why are you saying that name (laughs) (laughs) suddenly two enemies are like (laughs) best friends because they have one common history and it's like now they just get to go be uh like you get to play the role my dad did sit behind me in this jet um
1: yeah yeah, and and then from then on out it just gets to be pure movie bliss of like yeah we're gonna have them fly an antique plane (laughs) out of a museum that's for some reason there why not it's top gun
0: real fast before before we jump into this like moving on to the next thing just going back uh before we pass it um when we were talking about the stakes of them going on this mission together. One of the things that like I was so invested in this film and so into it, one of the moments that like randomly hit me in a way, in a way that like I didn't expect to 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 be hit by it was um there there's that scene where he's talking to John Ham, and John Ham's like, "Look, all I'm asking is for you to teach them to fly a fuck, fly a fucking plane, go out, do two miracles done and he's like, and come home and he's like, what and he's like you left that out and come home. And like, for some reason that like hit me mm-hmm. in that, like the feeling that he has towards like, I'm not just training people to go on a suicide mission. I'm training people to actually come back from this situation. That's almost impossible to come back from. There was like, there was like a good, like I was totally vibing with this when I was like, okay, yeah, you got me film. You got me a little, a little, a little emotional all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I love that too. And it, it makes it so satisfying when he puts it all on the line to prove to them that he can fly the mission too, and then when he becomes the leader, when he sacrifices himself for them. Because he is really saying, like, this is what a leader does. You know, like, I'm not... I don't follow the rules. I could never rise the ranks the way Iceman could. I could never do... I, I couldn't exist in this bureaucratic machinery. But what I can do is lead by doing you know i can i can be the leader who puts his own neck on the line and who risks everything to make sure that every one of my kids comes home yeah and like i found that very emotional and again it made me feel tom cruise as an old man in a way that i hadn't before yeah and it was very narratively satisfying to feel him be the old man who is like putting putting his life on the line for other people
0: yeah um i will say too uh, of the of the visual callbacks from the first film um in that sacrificing moment is probably the most beautiful shot in this film where like so in the first film he constantly does the one trick he's like the fucking like one trick pony where he's like hold on wait for this let me just like cut the thrusters pull up a little bit he's just gonna fly right by us and he just does this stupid move which is like whatever (laughs) it's fine if it works it works mm-hmm. you know every and any any uh competitive uh shooter game you know do the cheese thing you'll be top of it. so so he does a yeah. stupid flyby thing and when he does that while launching the flares and you just get that like it feels like the camera is his stick like mm-hmm. his flight stick like the the shot is up as he looks up going like whoa and like all the the flares firing off of it and him just doing this like thing and then kaboom and you're just like Holy shit, that was incredible! <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then also, also the the uh, when they throw it back on him in like the yep. fifth generation fighter, whatever it was, yeah. when like when he's like, I'm gonna do this shit, and then they just go. And he's like, I have never seen that happen before in my life. <laughs> uh. They've
1: been watching Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, they get Top Gun out in North Korea, Iran. Uh...
0: Where, where this is taking place I feel Russia
1: like 2.0 this has to be like <laughs> nobody so, knows.
0: so here's I, I know they were nondescript with it But yeah. if you google Russian helicopter The first helicopter you see is the helicopter that like it is the canonical Russian helicopter and I'm like there's no way they're not mm. supposed to be in Russia, but They're we're not gonna say that. Uh, yeah for reasons, but Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um but yeah, uh, let's see what what else is there to uh, to talk about. Um, so yeah, you, you, the, the last thing you were saying is is the stealing of the plane, like the second Mission Impossible uh, <laughs> mission in this film, which is like, all yeah. right, we technically succeeded in the other mission. Now we got to get home. What are we gonna do? Oh, remember when we were like checking out the airbase and there was this like old F fourteen or whatever uh, it was? They're like, what if, what if they just happened to have? The exact plane you and my dad flew in. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if we just steal that and take off in that and then fly home? And just like the fuck of the like, uh, we got a F-14 uh, flying towards us. And then he turns on his little GPS thing and they're like, hey, also a rooster's uh, thing. And he's like, fucking Maverick. <laughs> like, I just love yep. when everybody's like I know because that was the thing on anytime you watch any film whether it's sci-fi military film whenever you steal an enemy fighter immediately I'm just thinking like what, friendly fire like how are they not going to try to shoot this thing down and I'm glad right. that they immediately were like as soon as we register the plane he turns on the GPS and it's like okay these the only thing that mathematically makes sense here. <laughs> It's like mm-hmm. we have a plane that shouldn't be here. We have Rooster's Call sign. Uh right. it must it must just be that Maverick stole an F totally. fourteen. Yeah, from Maverick is doing Hater. Maverick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, they do plant that early in the movie too. I d I don't know if the movie had been spoiled for me or if I genuinely just thought this at the beginning, but early on they're like, you know, they have enriched uranium in this area next to an uh an, an old hangar full of antique fighter jets. Yeah, like yeah. they say something early on where it's like, "You dirty dog, <laughs> I know what you're gonna do."
0: So the the only thing I expected, which this film didn't do, is, um, because when he takes off, you know, they knock out the front landing gear. I was totally expecting, we've done it, we've got our victory twice already. Everything's good. Enemy ships are down. Let's go home. And then it was going to be some sort of like, oh, no, America, we just noticed that you're from landing. Like, I thought it was going to be like one last like, oh, shit, how are we going to do it? But he's like, and uh, everybody on the ship, I don't got no landing gear. So uh, would you uh, mind putting out the net? (laughs) And it was just kind of like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, that's just a thing you're used to. It's not like a how do we MacGyver our way out of this situation sort of thing um yeah so it, it was definitely an interesting like i was waiting for like one more mo- i was already like antsy as we were getting that because i'm like what about the landing gear <laughs> and they're just like no it's cool it's just another thing we're used to it's just the way it works
1: yep i i, I do have to say too that it is I know in these movies, even more than your typical, like, uh, lone survivor type thing, it is very easy to pretend that no human being is on the other end of the gun uh, because you don't even see them. You know, you just see, like, a plane being shot down. Yeah. But the movie basically ends with Hangman, like, this young guy, like, killing a person and making a joke while he does it. (laughs) There, there, There was something kind of funny to me when I remembered, like, oh, yeah, this... They're not playing a video game like they are actually flying in enemy territory (laughs) and just shooting down someone and then making a silly like, this is your captain speaking.
0: (laughs) But it is also like they were trying to kill their buddies, right? Like it wasn't it it, it, it wasn't just like uh, I'm shooting at an enemy plane because it's fun. Um, But it seems like it was fun. Um, I I will say, too, in in that engagement, like I, I love like we've seen so many things that show how intelligent Uh, Tom Cruise's character is and how knowledgeable he is about planes, but that that decision to just like We are up against two Planes that we are fully outclassed like they're doing barrel rolls and flat spins and then recovering from them as a trick Like this is a plane where we do not stand a chance I'm flying alongside one and one is in a firing position behind me and then just that decision Mm -hmm. to go we can't dogfight two of them. We can maybe dogfight one. I am just going to flip on the guns and just strafe hard against this one. It was like the only yep. chance they ever had. It's just like it, it, it was a sucker punch in the fucking coolest way. Like when that happened, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God. That is literally the only way they even have a chance is to just do it. And it's kind of like, "Uh, hold on to something. <laughs> and just like the yeah. fact that it works and just how fucking rad it is like i would like for some reason that was like that was like i wanted to go like yes, yes. yeah it was really cool it was really cool <laughs> oh love that shit
1: and then when they finally return and they like the two hugs he gives miles teller when they're like you know before leaving he's like don't say it you know we'll talk when we get back alive and then there's <laughs> it's just a so- I have nothing to say about it except they really worked on me. Yeah, yeah, Like they, they just have this like moment of like fatherly, sonly bonding at the end that made me, made me feel things. Yeah, yeah. That's good.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. A- any, any, any last, uh, last things, Stephen?
1: I. Uh, miss meg ryan not sure why she's not in the movie
0: when she's referenced many times it, um it is weird that like if you don't come back for the movie we're just gonna say you died inexplici- inexplici- inexplicably inexplicably right. um it's just it's just super super weird
1: yeah yeah they they definitely pulled a kim cattrall on her and i i think she could have come back yeah kim cattrall not in the new sex of city movie and they just talk about how she's a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> they didn't
0: say anything bad about her in this film
1: though right no yeah yeah he or she just died and made him promise to a thing to do a thing that now his the son is going to resent him for forever
0: yeah but that's the, the cross he bears
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, but yeah that that is our review our spoiler review of top gun maverick Um. thanks everybody for listening and uh, I don't know great balls of fire that's not really a sign off but I guess technically yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> nail oh, it gracious <laughs>